Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of Taboo Time. I am Kristen Kelp. I am here with Rachel Clifton. We are the chief mischief makers with the innermost. And today we want to talk about softness. Softness, femininity, self-expression, the process of softening. And um, yeah, and that doesn't seem all that taboo to me today. But to 15 years ago, me, that would be a revolution. So let's start there. Hi, Rachel. Hey. I love that we chose such a soft topic today. <laughs> For a Tuesday morning. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. So you chose this topic. I did. Where would you like to begin? I chose this topic because I'm feeling soft today and I wanted to give myself the opportunity to share this part of myself publicly, which I don't know if it quite feels taboo. But it certainly feels different. And it feels really expansive and life giving and beautiful to be able to show up in this softer way. And that is the way I want to be. So. I figured I (laughs) would start there and allow myself to be a conduit for the change I want to see and have a conversation with you about it, Kristen. What do you think are the barriers 
to softness that we'll make it all about you first. What are your own personal um, barriers to softness when it comes to doing your work in the world? I love you. <laughs> that isn't a barrier to softness. It's just a general point. Um, for me to be able to be soft in the presence of other people, I need to feel really, really safe and held. And that isn't a barrier <laughs> to me doing my work in the world. I would also say that my work in the world is not just about what I do professionally. It's about who I am and how I show up and what that creates and the ripple effect. Um, and I would say that in my work life, I spend a lot of time and I'm very well practiced in putting my attention out and focusing without abandoning myself, to be clear, but focusing my attention on where the other person is at, delving deeper into their experience exploring it from various angles, which requires me to have a really strong, strong, grounded core. And it's not that softness gets in the way of that, because it absolutely doesn't. And also, I find people respond to different things, different approaches, different ways of being, and even different melodic tones of voice <laughs> are required in different contexts. And yeah, just softness requires safety and if I'm needing to set a boundary to protect and take care of myself or something that is very important to me, then I will necessarily come across as harder, more forthright. This is the way things are. This is the way things are going to be you will not do this. If this occurs, here are the consequences. I'm available for X, Y, Z. I'm not available for MQP. <laughs> and yeah, so in conclusion, I would say that softness for me 
is a beautiful place that I can go into and inhabit fully. When all of the armour or all of the need self-protection is stripped away. And that's really, really, really precious for me to be able to experience and then also share with other human beings. Mm. I think that softness can be misread as being weak when the opposite is true, actually. To be soft in a world that often pushes you into being or becoming hard mm. is an act of true defiance and true power and bravery, in my opinion. So I really celebrate people who live from that place with soft, open hearts. And I'm committed to being the same. Thank you. That felt really nourishing to share. I love that you pointed out that you are, that there has to be a sense of safety, which is, which can be hard to find in the world, that sense of being safe and held. Um, but also that, that there have to be boundaries to protect the softness, that it isn't just mm -hmm. like a natural thing that springs up very easily but that there are steps taken to make places for it. It's like, um, it's almost like a garden with a fence around it um, so that nothing can come in and just trample it because the news will trample it. Social media will trample it. The world will attempt to trample it. And the minute that, that softness flicks into armor you've you've lost a vital sense of power and a vital place of power within yourself and also connection with yourself i'm gonna say mm -hmm. it's like softness is such a core part of being alive and being able to feel and being able to connect with oneself and others that is inherently soft as an experience. And it's also really powerful and brave and beautiful, even spellbinding to witness. And it's sacred. I love your analogy about the garden because, yeah, I feel like it gets to the heart of both why being soft, being able to be soft, being able to express and embody softness is so precious. And also why ah. it's something that isn't just 
automatic. It's something that requires discernment. Because the garden, with all its flowers, beautiful flowers, is not going to bloom in the way that it can if you allow anybody and everybody to come in and do whatever they want to it. And that's just a reality check. Yeah. The, if I had to name the two things aside from that sense of it being safe to be soft, which is a huge thing um, that sort of keep women from being soft as far as I can see um, I see distraction and depletion as being the two um, distraction meaning um, it doesn't matter I have other shit to do so I need to go and and then the warrior comes in to like conquer hustle fucking win nail it like all of the gary b words like oh um the warrior words come in to distract from the softness to say it's not important discount it in some way and then um that sense of depletion it's hard to be depleted and soft it's hard to be behind it's hard to be energetically at a low point and also have the the wherewithal to show up undefended from that place of depletion. Um, so I I totally hear you on that last bit um, on depletion, and I actually have a different take. Like I'm feeling soft right now because I'm a little bit low on energy. And I notice that I naturally become more soft. I naturally show up in a softer way as a result. And that becomes a really nourishing, energetic baseline for me. Because it takes less effort than trying to force myself to be or come across as being higher energy than I am and it literally just allows me to be and so as soon as I just allow myself to be that's you know that's the that's the efforting gone and so the I'm wondering if it's if it's if it really does just go back to safety and the safety that we feel with ourselves and others because when we are depleted and we don't feel able to be soft we will deplete ourselves further by either pushing to bypass it or bulldoze it or conversely and this might not deplete us further but it is a response to depletion isolating ourselves and just withdrawing from the world and cocooning until 
we feel better. We feel energetically restored. What do yeah. you think? I think I think we're both right. That yes. There's a slight depletion. Um, I'm speaking more of like chronic depletion. Oh yes, so. yes, yes, yes. In if, if you're if you're chronically depleted, and you are needing to work a job, and take care of children and take care of a household, then yes, what I said does not apply. <laughs> there's a spectrum of depletion, like a slight. There's <laughs> like a slight depletion where you it's natural to drop into softness and like let yourself be like more like, ah, oh, I just want to be loved upon, and will everyone just like be super gentle and beautiful with me? That that is so delicious to experience for yourself and then also for other people, particularly people who love you. And yeah. Yeah, the chronic depletion, it's like, if I start crying, I'll never stop. If I am yeah. angry, I'll never stop. If I, that sense of like, holding back a dam of some kind, <laughs> and that softness would work against you because you would be unable to contain it. And that's generally like, the yeah. that accrues over long periods of time. Yeah. Um, I do see a lot of that with COVID, that over the last couple of years, um, there's a sort of unnamed chronic depletion from just all of us having to deal with this thing that we're dealing with over the last couple of years. Yeah. What does softness mean to you? Um... For me, it's a lot connected to being able to communicate what you love. Because it's easier to say, um, it's easier to bond with people over things that you hate than over things that you really, really adore. But that, that the adoration is so soft to say, I love this thing. I adore this thing. I'm really trying to do this thing. Um, like, for example, the innermost is, um for me it's so soft and so tender that I had to like trick myself into writing a sales page over the course of many months like I'll just work on it for 20 minutes at a time um because if I try and come at it directly in that like warrior sales bullet point kind of a way it'll will miss the whole essence of the thing which is the softness at the center and the whole thing is being set up as like a a room within a room within a room so that everyone can be soft with each other and it's safe. So at some level, <laughs> that's what I'm practicing all the time is mm -hmm. how do I make people safe with me? Um, and typically softness is a sign that people are safe. Generally people that feel safe are not screaming and yelling and throwing things and, and starting wars. People that feel safe are, are pretty soft and solid. Um, yeah. And I think that people miss the solidity within softness mm -hmm. that um that like my softness is not at all a weakness my softness allows me to see through mm -hmm. so much bullshit and nonsense mm -hmm. and stand in front of other people soft 
when they are not, often I will win just by virtue of like, there's no, it's like trying to have a fight with a cloud. Good luck. That there's no, like try punching a cloud, try how, like, it's just not going to, it's not going to work. And if you become a cloud too, we can have a really good time. <laughs> I'm struck by the power of an indirect approach and hearing you speak about the way that you crafted the sales page makes me think about <laughs> sexual stimulation and how in very simple terms uh direct contact <laughs> immediately is not is not usually the way to a good experience yeah. um, <laughs> and often quite the opposite to say the least <laughs> you need to be indirect for a while <laughs> and look how beautifully indirect I was there as well <laughs> yeah 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 so no jabbing no jabbing softly softly let everything open up and going to be good for everyone <laughs> well, but energetically softness is like softness is kind of disappearing from public view like um I am so soft when I think about like like intellectually what would make a big difference I could be a politician they have so much power and all of their job is to never be soft. Never, ever, 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 not for a moment and not on either side. I don't give a fuck how you identify or where you identify in what country. Softness is never, ever allowed for politicians. Um, and I think that's to our detriment. We leave behind so much of our humanity when we're just like, hanging heads and making policies and rewriting copy and it's all just so fucking violent and maybe that's living in the united states maybe there's a country where it's uh, politicians just have, like have good times and play guitars on tuesdays for their constituents for fun but i've never seen it right it's always been just it's just warfare energetically and verbally all the time well i think you highlight and get to the heart of a really powerful point which is that collectively we have been taught to and how to fight not to or how to love 
and be the lover and infuse everything we do and are with that energy and delight in the creation of an experience that ignites us and delights everybody that we come into contact with. Because of course, it's love and love is irresistible. Like, when you stay with, stay with it for long enough and there's a purity to it and an innocence to just being together and seeing one another and being seen. All the armor, all the fear, all the distrust. it melts away, or if it doesn't quite melt away, it becomes safe to talk about, it becomes safe to name, mm -hmm. I'm scared, I'm scared of you hurting me, I'm struggling to trust you, I don't know whether I can, I don't know whether I've trusted anybody in my life, so many people have let me down, and I don't want that to happen to me again. And those are some of the most powerful conversations that we can have as human beings. Yeah. Mm, I think and soften. You were telling me last week about a client who said, you feel safe to do dangerous things with. I, Not a client, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think feeling safe to do dangerous things with in the context of just being allowed to be seen in a place where you put your armor down is yeah. one of the most dangerous things in the world. Um, and to be able to make a space that's safe is tricky, but worth it. And yeah. to relegate safe spaces to therapy and exclusively therapy and that's the only time that we can talk about any of this and the rest of the time we must put on our armor and fight i don't want to live in that world i'm not a therapist and i have no desire to be a therapist no <laughs> nothing against therapists it's not my calling i'm a person i'm a human or i'm an alien learning how to human <laughs> and I love relationships and I love what's possible for us in relationships when, when we come together with even slightly open hearts and minds, a little crack in the door that can be teased out. Yeah. I stumbled across the fact that I'm really gifted at that and that it brings me immense joy and fulfillment to be able to co-create that kind of experience with and for somebody else and my own humanity as 
a coach, healer, facilitator, human, <laughs> is also core to that. Because I think that's what makes me or you or somebody trustworthy. It's really being able to see ourselves in the other and see how we are similar and maybe in many ways the same. So we're getting away from pedestals, getting away from artificial barriers that we create to protect ourselves, to try and keep us safe. And actually, what if we didn't need to do that? What if we could be safe no matter what? What if we are safe no matter what? What would be possible? And it's those kinds of questions that I will never get tired of. Yeah. Like, what what would we create from a place of softness? And safety and love and openness and curiosity and compassion the world would miraculously be a very different place overnight just like that because it's a paradigm shift at the level of being and then everything else flows from that I can almost hear my people's like yeah that's fucking great for you but and then there's a list of like there's trauma and there's PTSD and there's abuse and there's all of these like very good reasons for your armor <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah how do you This might not be a question that's relevant to you, but how do you begin to put down your armor internally? So let's say that you find a person you can trust. Like I remember meeting my partner, Bear, and his first reaction to me was, oh my God, are you going to steal my organs? And I was like, what? Why? What? What? Because he's like, you can't be real. You can't be this soft and this kind. You must be in this for something to get something to take something to manipulate me and i'm just like we'll stick around and find out and we're like you know like <laughs> eight years later like maybe i am this person maybe <laughs> maybe shokara shokara yeah i could still trying to kill his organs this could have all just been a long game for for like organ decimation but i love saying you keep him on his toes right right right, right. <laughs> every now and again you just gotta mm-hmm. the browser history open to like organ stealing for dummies you know sure. um, but that's his shit coming up to me going uh, i'm not the problem here <laughs> um so any thoughts you have on that de-armoring when you come across like oh this is actually safe and your body might not actually know what to do with that space if you're not used to it 
Of course. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you think I've always been like this? <laughs> no, exactly. That's what I'm asking. Like, how do you? Uh, find a person that can hold softness well. You'll generally find a person that um, knows how to warrior and then had to come to softness because that's generally how it works. Oh. I think the first step is learning how and experiencing how, crucially, because this kind of learning really is and has to be experiential, in my opinion. But experiencing how to be soft with your warrior. So how loving and soft can you be towards the self-protective part of you? Because that self-protective part of you is genius. He, she, it is so valuable and so important and so treasured by you. Mm. He, she, it has a rightful place and is celebrated. And when your warrior can feel your love, he, she, it becomes much more amenable to actually taking a breath and hearing you and hearing where you're at rather than just getting super defensive or panicky about the idea that it might not have a job anymore. It wants, it wants to have a job. It wants to serve you. And being told that it's not necessary anymore can be really painful when it's been with you your entire life. And it's been working so hard for you. And then you go along and reject it. Bitch, you'll never survive without me. Who the fuck do you think you are? When what you do you think someone, the is like? Yeah, yeah, you can't survive without a warrior. The warrior protects the softness. But I don't think most don't people need to have be. with the soft. Yeah. And also, you're not being asked to let go of the warrior. You're not being asked to disown him, her, it, they. I don't know. It's a question of moving into a place of intentionality about how you want to show up. And then also curiosity, experimentation, and play. So like, if I were to show up as the lover right now, what would that look and feel like? Even only hypothetically. Mm. And start to play with that, even with just within your own mind. Mm -hmm. And you'll be amazed at the, the knock-on impact of just starting to explore these themes and ideas, like writing them down, just giving them space to 
breathe and bloom and flourish. Just how it shifts and how it imbues itself in your beingness, in the way that you are. Like an exit. It's like learning actually you're safe to exit. You don't have to be like <gasps> this all the time. You can breathe. Mm, I think there's so wise to go to it doesn't skip right into externals right away. It begins with the what if you just imagine it? Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's the skip that that's the step that gets skipped like a thousand billion percent of the time. Is like begin taking action to do to do to do to do like what if when you're bored you just imagine being a lover instead of a warrior that's it yeah yeah and what if you like practice in the tiniest of ways how tender with yourself can you be mm. how loving towards yourself can you be can you be one percent more loving if 10% or 100% feel too much, can you be just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit? Like start from where you are. Because we all always start from where we are. It's 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 how we make any kind of changes. It starts with presence. And it's so easy to get demoralized and frustrated when you want to leap to being somewhere else the end result of course you do <laughs> actually like the, the journey itself that is where the real magic is because this really is about unlearning the habits and practices of a lifetime and you that isn't about the end result that's about the experience the value is in the experience if you were to just skip to the place of being free or being love externally, but you hadn't yet unlearned this stuff, you would go into warrior in a place of love, which is also why so many people can have everything they ever wanted and not feel it and end up rejecting it and self-sabotaging it. Because this kind of deep work and deep change really is inside out. Yeah. There's no skipping to the good part. This is the good part. This is actually the good part. This is the really, really, really good part. Because this is the part where you get to fall in love with who you are. And that is really fucking good. You get to be kind inside of yourself. Like if you had asked me... 10 years ago if I would ever be kind inside of myself and like fuck off absolutely not <laughs> um and it's been um a long time of learning that asshole brain is just a pattern that's running and we can choose new patterns we can we can choose new ways of being in the world yeah. and one other idea I'd like to introduce something that's really helped me is the idea that asshole brain is not me. It's not me. It's not something I chose. 
It's not something I would have chosen. It's like a little faulty implant from another time. And it really isn't necessary or useful for now. And it was given to me or gifted to me as an act of love by really, really well-meaning people who wanted to make sure I was safe and okay and able to survive and thrive in a world which can often be and feel really scary and threatening and unstable and destabilizing. But actually, they were wrong. They were wrong. It was wrong. It's not the right approach. It's just not the right approach. It doesn't work. Asshole brain doesn't work. And so asshole brain isn't something that I need to take on. It isn't something I need to retain. It's something I can respect and honor the value of and be loving towards. And even, you know, kind of find cute sometimes. Like, oh, their asshole brain goes again. So adorable. Look at you. It doesn't have to be the focus of my being, be what I put my my attention on, or, yeah, dictate how I experience myself in my life. It doesn't have to. It's like asshole brain is like an echo of the warrior in conditioning. Yeah, yeah. It can't be defeated with warrior tools. It can only be defeated with... With love and softness and openness and grace. And and forgiveness as well, and also appreciation. Like, if asshole brain feels appreciated rather than rejected, it's also a very, very different experience. Asshole brain goes, oh, wait, you you like me? You you want me, but you, you don't... I know you don't want me like this, but it sounds like you do actually... You do actually see me in some ways. Okay, that's kind of repatterning in and of itself. Yeah, you get to craft a whole new relationship with these things that otherwise might be experienced as being very black and white. Yeah, that softness is the foundation for so much steadiness and solidity. Um the the further you can sink into love mm-hmm. self others the life force the planet your work each other the trees dogs whatever it is <laughs> the further you can sink into that the more powerful you become and that is not at all what we have been taught yeah feels like a good spot to start to close this softening taboo time. Is there any final thoughts, questions you wish I had asked, directions you wish this had taken? Everything is perfect. And I think that's that's a core part of softness for me appreciation the the appreciating even (laughs) appreciating the wisdom of everything that is and getting out of the idea that there are binary right and wrong 
ways of being and allowing myself to enjoy everything and like suck the pleasure out of it and really really embrace presence and love and joy and laughter in everything and the grounding in what is real the grounding in being here with you right now having had this beautiful conversation and that being enough and that being everything and that being something that makes me feel and allows me to be so anchored and for that i'm so grateful thank you thank you for being here doing this magic with me (laughs) if you have the sense of like what even are you innermost.live get thee get thee to the page take a look take a look Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks let's not do that let's try something different this is a really simple format one gathering a month on the first tuesday of the month until the 2024 election so we're practicing the skills that we will need in november now And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.